Welcome to Little Fish, the podcast where we honor, celebrate, and learn from small business owners and nonprofit leaders like you. I'm Joel, and today on the show, I've got Steve Smith from Consonant Custom Media. Uh, I've been working with Steve for, for quite some time, and uh, what I like about having Steve on the show is that we're in similar industries, so it's kind of interesting to talk about our industry a little bit, And but uh, he's got more experience than I do, so here we go. Welcome, Steve. Thanks. Thanks Good to for be being here, here. Yeah. Well, you know, I like to kind of dive right in uh, with talking about Consonant Custom Media. Let's start there. Let's talk about, uh, I know you refer to it as CCM, mm -hmm. right, a lot of times. So what is Consonant Custom Media and kind of what's your role uh, there? Well, we're a content marketing company. Uh, I call it strategic uh, storytelling. Uh, the word consonant means, it's actually a musical term. It means in harmony. And so uh, we create content that's in harmony with our clients' uh, brand values, and it's completely strategic. Um, it, it, and it, this you know, content includes anything from uh, blog posts and social media posts up to uh, uh, long-form, immersive uh, storytelling. Mm. And that could be a print format, could be a digital format. Uh, most of our clients are actually nonprofits, and most of our clients are in uh, healthcare. Okay. So yeah, you do, I know a lot of times you put out really beautiful publications for hospitals, for nonprofits, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I know you do digital as well, but yeah, it's good stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, one of our clients is the country's largest independent uh, oncology slash uh, hematology practice. Uh, okay. We've also worked with a couple of big uh, health systems like the USF health system and their uh, uh, the Bird Alzheimer's uh, Institute actually up in uh, Tampa was one of our first clients okay. when we started in uh, uh, 2010. Hmm. Okay, great. So <clears throat> you, this isn't your first agency or your first marketing. <laughs> you, you've been no, doing not. this for quite some time. Right? Yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit about that, kind of your background um, before Constant and Custom Media and your experience in this industry and marketing in general. Uh, yeah, well, after I had about a 20-minute career in uh, broadcasting, I uh, got into um, uh, marketing communications kind of with a job uh, uh, when I, uh, uh, up north in the New York, New Jersey uh, market, uh, got a job okay. with an ad agency as an account executive. And so hmm. I've been doing marketing communications for about 30 years now. Nice. And, uh, you know, back then it was all about account management, project management. But over the years, I've gravitated steadily towards the uh, creative side. Hmm. Um, and, and that's what really kind of keeps my motor running. So yeah. uh, relocated to uh, Florida, took a job with one of the uh, leading agencies in the Sarasota area, uh, again, on the account management side. Okay. And then after a few other moves, I started an, uh, uh, an advertising agency, a full-service marketing firm called Stephen A. Smith & Associates, and that was back in uh, 1997. Hmm. So I'm certainly familiar with how that um, advertising and PR agency business works. Yeah. Um, but I started um, Consonant Custom Media because I was looking for a business model that was more sustainable. Mm -hmm. You know, I was kind of getting tired of that roller coaster ride of the uh, agency business. Mm -hmm. So I started to look into, it used to be called custom publishing. That You don't really hear that term a lot anymore because yeah. it's kind of outmoded, mm -hmm. but essentially that's what it is, you know. And so I thought, okay, let me look into this and let me see 
who the players are, what the costs are, and, and so on. And mm-hmm. the more I looked into it, the more I said, hey, you know, we could really do this. Um, and not only, not only could we do it really well because we have the talent available, mm-hmm. but we could provide an excellent value to the clients. So that became a real kind of a good news situation. So when we were kind of facing the headwinds of the Great Recession back in 2009, <coughs> uh, CCM actually was my plan B. Hmm. This sounds a little crazy at this point, but hmm. my my plan A was that uh, an investor and I were going to buy another local uh, ad agency operation. We were going to merge the two agencies. Okay. But what happened was, unfortunately, the um, the other agency had a lot of uh, receivables tied up in the housing industry, where mm-hmm. we didn't really have anything in the housing industry. We were primarily healthcare. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And at some point, we got together, uh, you know, and we said, okay, this, just, you know. This just ain't going to work. So, yeah. uh, so actually, I, I, I take great pleasure in telling people how uh, CCM was actually my plan B, and plan B seems to have worked out uh, pretty well. Yeah, I know, as, it, as a lot of times does, I yeah. think. So yeah. when you were talking about the roller coaster ride a little bit of having an agency, you know, advertising agency in the late 90s, right, um, what was that roller coaster ride? What, what, for those who don't really know the, the business model of an agency typically, what, what does that look like? Uh, well, you have some client relationships that are uh, kind of short-term and they're project-related. Uh, mm-hmm. We didn't do a lot of media buying, so yeah. you know, not to get in the weeds too much about the agency business, but if, right. you're, if you're doing a lot of media buying, you have a small profitability, but you have kind of a, a sustained uh, consistency over time. Like a it, reoccurring income. That, yeah. yeah, you know, like, for example, there are, there are agencies that work with car dealers, and they spend, a, mm-hmm. you know, an enormous amount of money in media. Right. So even if the only thing you're making is a 15% or, or even less than that media commission, then, yeah, you're, you know, you're doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but, but that was really not our, our business model. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a matter of fact, I think on the project work, we excelled because uh, uh, I and the, some of the other folks who I had on board at the time were very, very good project managers. And mm-hmm. uh, we, we always tried to keep the overhead low, so we delivered a pretty good value. Yeah. But the problem is, uh, you know, the work and the client budgets go through cycles. So you're up at the top of the cycle. It's great. Okay, we're you know this quarter we're we're doing these great projects, and then all of a sudden you you know you're on the downside and people are pulling back. Mm-hmm. So when we got to the backside of that big housing boom back in uh, you know from let's say 2006 2008 you know that time period, mm-hmm. uh, we really saw clients saying yeah. We love you guys. It's not like we're leaving. You know, we yeah. still want to work with you, but we ain't spending any money. Yeah, we don't have any money to spend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. So, yeah. so when clients stop spending money, you have to kind of think, hmm, let's get creative here. Right, What, right. what else can we do, you know, yeah. to uh, kind of make the, you know, keep keep the lights on, you know, that yeah. type of thing. And how, I mean, at that time, how big was your team? So you had some employees at that time. Yeah, I think we had five uh, full-time employees. Okay. You know, I had the art department going. I had a mm-hmm. full-time media director. I had a, um, uh, you know, a business development uh, slash, you know, project uh, coordinator person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was kind of like staffed. It, it really kind of looked like the typical uh, 
uh, small agency. Right. What are some some challenges you ran run into either now or used to uh, as leading a team? I would say if we take a look at the two big challenges, the biggest challenges overall really is differentiating ourselves from other people who are in that in the space. Hmm. Because if you you know oh content marketing, everybody's doing content marketing yeah. now. Yeah. So uh, and. The thing that I'm very proud to say is that the work speaks for itself. Mm. So, um, yeah, you guys uh, have great work, that's uh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, because of the fact that we have talent, we have experience on the team, mm -hmm. uh, it's very strategic. Um, if we can get people looking at our work, they yeah. go, hmm, okay. The biggest problem is they say, oh, we can't afford you. Right. To which right. I say, oh, yeah, you can. Yeah. We, we can make that work, you know. <laughs> Right. So that, I would say, we, we always have to look for new ways to demonstrate our, our effectiveness and get the work out in front of, uh, mm -hmm. of new, uh, new prospects so we can up, open up those new relationships. Right. Uh, second biggest challenge is the same thing any other business has. I don't care what business you're in, and that is finding the right talent. Mm. So yeah. when I started uh, CCM, one of the reasons why we, we got off to such a great start and we had really strong early growth was uh, the talent. Hmm. Uh, you know, one of my partners, uh, our, our uh, consulting editor, John Wark, is a, uh, a former uh, investigative reporter and a Pulitzer Prize uh, finalist. Wow. Uh, we had Don Adamak on the team as our uh, uh, art director. And Don, uh, he was our madman. You know, he's a was a guy from New York uh, hmm. way back. And Don, when we talk about laying out magazines, you know, for the, the, the print format. Mm -hmm. He was creative director at Ladies Home Journal for eight years. Okay. And that was like the biggest magazine in all of magazines. Mm -hmm. And so the guy was just a brilliant uh, art director when it came to, to, to putting those things together. And um, uh, the writers, you know, mm -hmm. like our friend David Chesnick, who yeah. is a brilliant storyteller. Yeah. And uh, David was not only is a, is a great writer, but he was one of the uh, people who really kind of helped me get the thing off the ground hmm. uh, in the beginning. Yeah. Um, so the other thing that was working in our favor was you had this tremendous downsizing um, in the newspaper business hmm. because the newspapers were just you know, letting people go. And so you had people, you know, like Mark Zolotic, for example, who was uh, uh, with the uh, Sarasota Herald Tribune all hmm. throughout the time when they were a, a New York Times newspaper. Hmm. Um, you know, people like Mark became uh, available, and these guys are—I uh, call them recovering journalists. And they, <laughs> yeah, they really know how to get a story and to to pull it together. And yeah. with with minimal effort on my part, you know, I just have to say, okay, here's the assignment, and they go after it. Yeah. And, and afterwards, I I fuss with headlines and things, you know, but. Uh, they're, um, you know, great people. It so does come back to the relationships and the people. You know, when you're talking about employees and you're talking about it doesn't matter, partners, clients, you know, it, it, a lot of times we focus on, well, how much are we paying them? What are the benefits we're giving them? All that, which is important. Right. But it really does seem to come back to, do we like working together? Are we having a good time also while we work really hard on this particular project? We created Little Fish as a place where small businesses can support one another and build on one another's strengths. And one of the ways that they can do that, and we want to start helping with that, is by releasing valuable content, resources, and tools. And so we're going to do just that over the next few months and into next year. So I want to invite you to join our email list. 
you go to thelittlefishpodcast.com and sign up and answer a few questions. First of all, you'll immediately get two free resources that will help you with your business and grow your business, specifically about your website. And then also you'll get notified when new content comes out and releases. So we'd love for you to join us. Go to thelittlefishpodcast.com and sign up today. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's important. You know, it's important to pay people well, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also important to make it, you know, make it fun and make it real. Yeah. Because it is right. a people business. You're right. It's all about relationships. Yeah. And while we're sharing real stories about real people, you know, we're doing a good job of, of nurturing those uh, relationships, too. Yeah. So the sustainability is, is, is there. And that kind of goes back to why the business model, for me, works so much better than the... Uh, 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 ad agency business because the, in in that sustainability, um, we like to get into relationships with clients where there's a uh, you know there is a contract and, and those contract terms are flexible. Mm-hmm. But I think when a client sees value and when a client sees results, hmm. like for example for the uh, uh, Tolly Cancer Foundation, okay, here's yeah. here's another one in the in the way of a case history. Mm-hmm. They were publishing a kind of a little two-page um, newsletter. Okay. And I hate to use the word newsletter, but that's what it was. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was kind of, it was really kind of inadequate for the amazing work that they do mm-hmm. and, f- and, and, and for the goals that they have. Yeah. Um, it was really kind of inadequate. So um, they uh, allowed us to, we, we showed them the work we were doing um, uh, for other clients and over time, when they were ready, you know, they said, okay, we're ready. Mm-hmm. So we kept the title. It's called Journey. Yeah. Uh, and we kept the title, but in every other way, we completely elevated it. And mm-hmm. so we made it into a, a print and digital publication that really looks like a real magazine. Mm-hmm. And it's such a, a, it's it's a more, when you put your content, you have better content in the first place. Yeah. And then you take that content and you put it into a higher quality presentation. Yeah. Well, what happened was their fundraising more than doubled. Wow. So, you know, talk about results there. You know, there it is. Yeah. And people have that tangible, you know, beautiful publication they're able to flip through. And, yeah, that makes a big difference. Yeah, they can flip through it as a print uh, format or they can go online Uh and, you know, there it is. But it's important, too. I mean, the print, you know, a lot of people say, well, print media is, you know, done or it's gone. But it's not because everybody's going digital. And, and has been for some time, websites, and all that's good and necessary. But there is just something about holding something in your hand. Well, you when, know, you, when you take the path less traveled, right, you're going to stand out. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's good. All right, back to kind of a, a personal side. Mm-hmm. If you uh, had to talk to yourself 10 years ago, if you had to give yourself some sort of advice, what would you tell yourself? I My would, favorite question. <laughs> I would say... it. Is it too late to go to law school? I don't know. <laughs> no, it's really, yeah, that's a really, that's a good one because uh, uh, there was a lot of soul searching being done during the, uh, the Great Recession. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I love this business. Uh, um, as I said, I gra- I've gravitated over the years from being strictly on the account management side to doing a lot of creative, a lot of mm-hmm. writing, a lot mm-hmm. of creative direction, right. you know. And, you know, you get to a point where you're not doing it because there's a wall full of awards, Mm -hmm. you know, oh, gee, we got a gold Addy or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, plenty of those. But you do it because you really enjoy working with great 
clients and helping those clients to achieve their goals. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you know, I mean, I can remember doing a, a, a package design for a client. I actually made her cry when I presented that. that I mean, it Hopefully was in a good way. In you a mean, good yeah. Way. yeah. <laughs> she's not like, this is terrible. I'm she didn't like, cry yeah. when she saw the bill. She cried when yeah, she, yeah, yeah, because she really, wow. because her dream, this thing that, that she invented was mm-hmm. really coming to life. So mm-hmm. when you look at the package design, it's like, wow, that's, you know, that's great. But yeah. anyway, that, uh, I, I would say this, um, what I'm doing now is great because it allows me to do the best work I've ever done mm-hmm. in a way that really kind of uh, brings out the best. It brings out the best in us and it brings out the best in the clients too. And yeah. it doesn't get old because every time you're, you know, you're, you're, you're working with either a new client or it's the same client you've been working with for five or six years, but it's, you're writing about new things Yeah, and, and you're bringing in new contributors. Right. Right. Um, so, so every yeah, everything's fresh. I I, I, yeah. I can relate to that. I mean, and we deal with the same thing. You know, if I had to work for one agency or one company doing design or doing creative, mm-hmm. it, it just would get old because yeah. every project has such a unique spin to it. And you know, <clears throat> it brings up something that what what you kind of hit on, where you what you like, where you're at in your career right now, is what you like is being involved in the project. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of, there's a big trend right now, um, I think among business owners and business leaders and nonprofit leaders to grow your organization to the point where, well, you're just worrying about growing the organization. You no longer, you know, if you read, um, I don't know if you've ever read the E-Myth before, but there's a big, uh, Michael Gerber says, you know, don't be the technician anymore. Don't be the person doing the project. Become the person that leads the people doing the work project work. Yeah. But, you know, and, and I understand that. I understand why people go that direction. And I do a little bit of that myself. But there's mm. just something about still being involved in the creative work or still being involved in the technician or the talent role that makes it meaningful beyond just, hey, we're scaling a business, we're growing a business, we're making more money. You know what I mean? And, and you touch on it with Oh, yeah. That. I have to say that um, I'm a very... Um, I'm, I'm just very particular uh, about, you know, I, I like to pay attention to detail. Mm-hmm. And as a project manager, you know, I, I mean, I enjoy it. Right. But it's also, I want to make sure everything is done correctly. And uh, I, I really, it's that attention to detail, I think, that, you know, clients, when we begin working with a new client, sometimes they're actually, I, I could tell they're a little bit surprised that, you know, I'm the guy who's calling them and following up and, yeah. Um, you know, we have a copy editor slash proofreader, but I, you know, I do a fair amount of proofreading mm-hmm. and I fuss with things and, and, you know, um, how, how can we take this thing and make it better? Or let's make sure we're really buttoned down about, um, all those, uh, uh, uh follow up, you know, it's like, I'm great with follow up, you know, yeah. everything. If you, you got to follow up, you never want to leave a client hanging and wondering, well, did they get the delivery instructions right. or did they, when, you know, when is that thing going to be posted or whatever it is? Uh, so, yeah. And I have to admit that we probably would have grown faster if I let go a little bit more. But, you know, but, but that's just me. It yeah, but be why? Me. But why? That's right. And yeah. I think sometimes there's so much, especially in the business world and the, the personal productivity world in that space, there's a lot of talk about scaling and growing. And, and one of the things that I... I I love about the people we've been talking to on the podcast is some of them have those goals, but some of them are like, look, I do meaningful, good work here. Mm -hmm. I want to continue to do that meaningful, good work. And I don't have to take over the world. 
you know, because right. there's a lot of push, um, especially business books, right? You read business books and then it's all about like scale and grow and take over the world and make a, you know, become a multi-million, billion dollar industry. And, right. and, and all that's good. I'm not, I'm not knocking that, but yeah. uh, you know, I love to celebrate those of us who are like somewhere in the middle of that, or even just like, I love the work that I do. I want to be in that every day. Oh yeah. Um, and, and I, I, I come home at the end of the day and I have, I have meaning and connection to the work that I'm doing. Yeah, it's good I stuff. mean, particularly uh, uh, working with the nonprofits is very rewarding because, mm-hmm. you know, we're not yeah. fundraisers, um, but we help them to uh, increase their fundraising and we help them to uh, help people understand their missions. Right. Because well, one of the um, sort of common afflictions out there in the nonprofit world is everybody says, yeah, go to our website and the first thing you see is the donate now. Yeah. Button. Okay, yeah. well, if you really want to uh, increase fundraising or uh, increase your level of uh, volunteer uh, recruitment or any of those other goals uh, and uh, performance indicators in the nonprofit world, you have to allow people to, you have to engage better with your, with your communities. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. patrons, volunteers, uh, donors, contributors, you know, whatever they may be. So it's all about engagement. So if you increase that engagement, you're increasing understanding. If Mm -hmm. you increase understanding, then some amazing things are going to happen. Right. You know, you, you might be able to increase your, um, uh, donors, the amount that existing donors are, uh, contributing. You may be able to reach out and commonly, yeah, you know, new donors Mm -hmm. and they may be very substantial donors because, the competition in some of these markets uh, is just really intense among mm-hmm. the nonprofits. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, yeah, yeah it can and, be really kind of crazy. And like you said, I think with the going right to the donate, it's like people are looking for that quick win. But you're kind of coming in and saying, yeah. look, let's take the let's take the long road here. The one that that works and is sustainable and actually get, makes long-term buy-in, I would say, too, right? Yeah, well, With you your know. your donors and volunteers. And, and here's where storytelling comes in because, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, let's, let's say, for example, it's an end-of-year appeal for a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is great temptation on the part of the, uh, whether it's the, the development director or the director of communications, to start off a, a year-end appeal by saying, there's a tremendous problem out there and globally, you know, thousands and hundreds of people are affected by this and this yeah. is what we do and we do this and we do that. And we, mm-hmm. and so what we try to do is we try to go in and say, look, it's been proven and, and allow us to help you do this, uh, that if you focus on your community, it's not about you, it's about your community, yeah. your communities, okay? So instead of starting off by saying, you know, for over 40 years, our nonprofit has been, you know, yeah. whatever the blah, blah, blah is after that. Right. And by the end of that first sentence, they're already saying, oh, brother, you know, yeah. give me a break. I've seen a hundred of these in the mailbox, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what you do is you uh, demonstrate your impact, you know, and, and you start off with a, a story mm-hmm. about, um, you know, let's say it's, uh, it's a nine-year-old girl and her family. And if it were not for the work of your nonprofit, they would have been really in trouble. And you would describe how you helped them. Mm-hmm. And that's a very highly focused, that's really where the rubber meets the road. Yeah. And that's the thing that tugs on the heartstrings. And it's not just an emotional appeal, but it, but it is. You're right. making an emotional connection and you're helping them to understand 
your mission better. Mm-hmm. And then only after you've done that, you make the ask and you say, yeah. okay, here's an example of the impact that your donation can have. Right. And so then if you back that up, let's say that's a year-end appeal, and then you back that up with a, a campaign, a storytelling campaign uh, that's very strategic and that really speaks to the strengths of your mission and your work, then uh, th- there is no way that that can't have a tremendous impact on your on your fundraising. Mm-hmm. And so as you head then into the new year, after you've made the end of year, uh, you know, it's just... And it could be... Uh, in terms of format, you know, it could be uh, it could be letters in the mail. It could be an email campaign, mm-hmm. a series of email campaigns. Right. Uh, it could be a series of blog posts and lots of sharing on social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the main thing is to is to share the stories, tell the story. Yeah, yeah. speak in my language there. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Well, um, in light of some of the things we talked about, what what is if you had to say what success looks like for you moving forward? as CCM, uh, how would you define that? What would that look like for you over the next five years, let's say? Well, I, I, for me, it's pretty simple, and that's creating more success for our clients. Mm. You know, that's good. Because that's yeah. really what it's all about. Yeah. You know, we create the content that helps them get to their goals, mm-hmm. right? So whether it's perception or it's fundraising um, or if it's, you know, strategic development of uh, service lines, if we're helping our clients get to their goals, then those relationships are going to flourish and that's going to lead to new relationships and it's going to lead to uh, um, uh, just a, an, an increase in the size of an existing relationship. So, uh, you know, that's yeah, that's, that's pretty same. simple. I mean, I've always been client-focused mm-hmm. and maybe it goes back to, you know, my beginnings on the account management side. Yeah, Maybe it's just, uh, it's great to see clients saying, hey, you know, this is great, this is working. Let's get going on the next story or the next series of uh, stories. Or, you know, uh, uh, if it's a nonprofit, you know, having the nonprofit say, hey, yeah, our fundraising is up by this much since we started doing this. Jeff. Mm-hmm. This is pretty good. Let's keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It reminds me of a, a, I think it's a pretty well-known Zig Ziglar quote. I'm going to paraphrase it here. But the idea that if you, if you help people, enough people have success in their own life, you'll have success in yours. You'll, you'll have everything you need. Yeah. And, and that's the idea, right? Is that help other people succeed, pour into them and you're going to have your, your things are going to be taken care of. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, that's what we say when we go out and talk to uh, people, you know, we always say, Hey, it's, it's not about us. It's about you. Yeah. And so it's all client focused. It's all about their goals. Yeah. Well, if uh, if someone was interested in working with CCM, they you know they've heard you talk about storytelling. Maybe they run a nonprofit, they're involved in a nonprofit, or you know not just nonprofits, right? Uh, what 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 would you recommend? How do they get in touch with you? What's the process? How does that look? I, I say call me. We'll have lunch. Okay. You know. So pretty pretty informal. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They can Makes call sense. me, or they can get in touch. Uh, you know, through the website, mm-hmm. send me an email. And we'll talk and we'll, you know, that's where it all begins is having that initial conversation. Yeah. Uh, as I said, there's no off-the-shelf uh, product. Everything is completely custom-made. Yeah. So let's start with absolutely a clean sheet of paper and have a discussion about what's working for you, what's not working for you. Yeah. And that's the strategic part that really, you know, kind of keeps me going mm-hmm. and hopefully keeps more people coming to us, mm-hmm. you know, to have that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, Steve, it's been great having you. I, I love what you do. I love your heart. I love how you're helping other people and you're committed to, to seeing them succeed. So yeah. thanks for being on the show. Appreciate thanks, Joel. It. Yeah. Thanks for listening to season one of the Little Fish Podcast, where we honor, celebrate, and learn from small business and nonprofit leaders. We post episodes every Tuesday morning and we have three seasons a year. Our next season will launch in February of 2020. Our podcasts are available anywhere you listen to podcasts, and you can check out a video version of each episode on YouTube. Thanks to Ryan Parker for his amazing job with production and to 81A Studios for the recording space. And thank you for listening.